Hello, welcome to the Social Club podcast. Uh, my name is Craig Eden Phillips, and I'm delighted to be joined today by uh, Neil Hart, who is the Chief Executive of Bolton Wanderers, who happens to be the club I've supported for, um, well, if I say 45 years, that gives something away, doesn't it? But uh, Neil, it's it's great to have you with us today. Um, delighted. We've just had a really lovely session with the club. Um, the, the, we've had a really good crowd here today. Um, did you enjoy it? How was it? How was it for you? Yeah, good afternoon, Craig. Really enjoyed it. Um, always nice to to meet like-minded people and 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 talk about leadership and football and community and and everything that goes with that. Yeah, and and we we, we talked around a range of topics today, but I guess we one of the things that we well, the reason we brought you on today to to Social Club is that compared to most football people, you've, you're probably more like a social entrepreneur. Than, than than anyone we could think of, um, and that derives from your time in, mainly with Burnley, where you you, you entered the club um, basically to build up their community trust. Could you just tell us a little bit about the Burnley story? We'll come on to Bolton in a bit, but just tell me about the Burnley story and you and you came in there essentially to build the community side of the club up. Could you just walk us through that? Yeah, um, obviously. I knew Sean Dyche, who's the, the Burnley manager, um, who, who sort of connected me with the chief exec at the time there um, and met him. Um, the, the club didn't really have a, a community trust. It become insolvent sometime before. They had a couple of, of staff members doing some community oh. work and they, oh. they just said, you know, we want we want to be active in the community. We want to be active from a partnership point of view. And could you come and do that? And uh, I said, yes, of course, of course I could. So we, we set up a, a newly registered charity. We formulated a new board of trustees mm. um, and and became very active and, and very much on the front foot and took a can-do approach to community work. And just just, just to summarise, this, this, so this was a fairly moribund community trust. And by the end of it, it become probably, you know, Beside Everton's, probably one of the most successful in 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 the in the country. Just just walk us through that journey and 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 how you built it because it, it's it's a really impressive story I think about how what a football club can do when it applies itself to the, to the challenges in its community. Well, I remember my first couple of weeks at Burnley. We we set up a community bank account and I literally our bank balance was zero. Uh, so. You know, we had a couple of members of staff on club payroll. So, you know, we were really starting it from scratch with, oh. with I think, really. So just a can-do approach. And we worked incredibly hard. We came up with a strategy, which we achieved very quickly. And we just wanted to make a positive difference. And, you know, the journey was incredible. It was amazing. Um, and before we knew it, we had a three, four million pound gross charity. We had over 100 staff. We were operating yeah. buildings. We had all yeah. kinds of funding coming in. Uh, we were had, you know, we had 50, 60 different partners on board, uh, yeah. funding partners. Yeah. So it was a huge um, achievement to get to that. And I yeah. think going about that work with humility and truth and honesty, yeah. and, and and you know, people believe in that, don't they? Run right. Yeah. Yeah, and you described described football clubs as anchor institutions when we talked just now. That's a really interesting term. What what do you mean by anchor institutions, Neil, when you use that word? So football clubs are are anchor institutions in their towns and cities up and down the countries. They are they are organisations that have been there for hundred over a hundred years. You know, so so if you look at Burnley as an example, Burnley was formed in eighteen eighty two. It's been there long before us all, and it will be there long after. So. Mm You know, while we're there, we, we have a duty, we're custodians to, to preserve that club, 
to operate it with responsibility, to ensure it serves the community and its fan base, wow. to operate it financially in the right way. And, yes. and when the ownership or the chief executive's time is done or up, it's passed on in a stronger state than what you took it on in. So that's what I mean by that. You know, the yes. second Bolton Wanderers, you know, Bolton is an anchor institution in this town. Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, as you say, it'll be it'll be here uh, it'll be here long after we're we're all gone um, uh, for sure. And and I think when you um, when you reflect on your your own journey in leadership, you know, to summarise, you know, you you coached at, at Luton and Watford. You get you came to Burnley during the Community Trust. You became Chief Exec of Burnley. Um, you, you you left there. You became Chief Exec of Bolton. And um, one of the great questions today was kind of you know the skill set to get you through all those different things is quite, quite distinctive. I suppose, what do you think is, is, is the kind of golden thread of what's got you through all those things successfully? Because you've been successful in, I think, in, in everything you've done so far. What, what is it that's, that's worked for you through that diversity of roles? Um, I, think, I think a core set of values. Uh, mm-hmm. I think what are they? What are your values? Yeah, so, you know, people throw these words around very easily, but I, I genuinely believe in them. They're genuinely on my mind every day when I'm going to my work. So truth and honesty. So, you know, that's the way you communicate and talk to people and the information you give. Let's be honest about that and let's give the full picture. You know, let's not give bits of information or let's not be dishonest because that's the mm. you start on the wrong foot so truth and honesty are really important and then just going about your work with good humility and 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 integrity and treating it's very basic Craig but treating people how you want to be treated um I like to think I do that yes sometimes I've got to make tough decisions which change people's lives and you know I've done that many times over over many years um but always in the best interest of the club uh and the organization I'm working for so I think those are the things that have been a thread through everything I've done and also a degree of flexibility as well yeah. and fluidity yeah. about how you approach your work so you know sometimes things happen that are out of your control but mm. actually how you react to them and how you approach them with a solution-based approch yes. a negative approach a positive solution-based approach is important to overcoming hurdles it is it is and, and you know you've, you've talked about values there that, that you you hold dear and then football it's one of those industries that's you know has a reputation for being quite quite ruthless quite you know at times dog eat dog all of that how, how do you how do you kind of as somebody with who has very values dear to them how do you navigate all of that in your in your in your own leadership life because it's, it's it's a tough old sector isn't it football it is a tough sector. Um, if, if I can be completely frank with you, I don't really care what other people are doing or how they're going about their roles. I, I focus on us as a club, yeah. the staff here and our supporters and our board and our manager and our players. I focus on us as a collective and what we're doing. You know, we'll do what's right for Bolton Wanderers and we'll go about our work in the right way. And we are doing things a bit differently here. And what, what others are doing you do that. If that works for you and you want to do that or you want to behave like that or you want to operate like that, then fill your boots, but just keep that away from us. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's frankly my, my view on that. We'll do, it, we'll, we'll do it our way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let, let's just turn to Bolton a bit because you were brought in by the, the new owners of the club when the club was probably at rock bottom in a way. It had just been taken from near administration by, by a group of buyers called Football Ventures headed up by 
a lady called Sharon Britton, who's now the chairman of the, of, of the club. Um, a club in tier three or I think tier three, tier four at the time of English football. What, what attracted you to, to this turnaround at the time? What was, what was it that galvanised you and, and brought you in from, from what was a Premier League type background and similar opportunities perhaps in the offing at the time? Um, I think the ownership. I think Sharon and Nick and Michael on the board are brilliant. I, I think open, transparent discussions, honest, no politics. Um, an opportunity to do the job in an, with, with a degree of autonomy, which is yes. important. I think a really good, talented manager um, team around him as well. Um, this is, uh, on the football side, this is Ian Ebert. Yeah, yeah. Ebert, yeah. yeah. I think the, the stadium we have here is phenomenal, is iconic, you know, 28,000 seat stadium oh. and the facilities attached to that, which gives us an amazing opportunity from an events and, and commercial point of view. Um, so I just, you know, we all know where Bolton were 15, 20 years ago. In fact, I think 15 years ago today, Bolton were playing Atletico Madrid. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and, know. you know, the opportunity to to work with the board and work with the staff and continue to put the club back together and, and get it back moving in a forward trajectory, which is what we all want to do here. So that appealed to me. Um, I live in Lancashire. It, yeah. Great. That's important. Let's be honest, you know, your family life, your friends, you know, and, you know, did I want to be going back you know, down South or up to the Northeast or no, I didn't. I wanted to stay in the Northwest and, and, and I, and I, when I looked at the opportunities that were available to me uh, when I left Burnley, I felt that this was I genuinely felt this was the right one, um, and that's a lot to do with Sharon and the ownership. Yes, uh, and and it's it's a, it, and you know one I, I I watched an interview with Sharon Britton um, that she did recently, and I, I think I think she she talks about sort of culture culture matters more than cash in football, which is which is rather the opposite of what you tend to read or hear in 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 football. When she when she said that, what did you what, you know what 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 did you think she meant by culture means more than cash? What what, did, what was she driving at there, do you think? So Sharon and I are, are completely on the same page. So, mm. you know, culture is more important than strategy. So if you can get the culture right. Yes. And culture right is is the right people uh, with the right roles, with the right responsibilities, knowing where we're going and what we're doing. Mm. Mm. Get that right. Then the strategy and the cash will follow. And that is exactly what is happening here at Bolton Wanderers. So we were getting the culture right and the business is turning around, the football yeah. is turning around and everything is pointing in the same direction. Yes, because I think, you know, we, we, you know, while the club's prospering, it, it's not it's not spending stupid amounts of money to do it, is it? It's, it's, it's in the middle range of spending in its in its league and it's and it's. Um, and, and it's basically the attitudes and values and beliefs that that that, that drive the place. That's 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 behind the success as much as the cash. Yeah. yeah. Important though that is. Yeah. Yeah. No, let's be honest. The cash is important, but yes, you know, we're we're middle spenders in the league. You know, so we sit tenth, eleventh, twelfth. Um, will that be reflective of where we finish come the end of the season? I don't think so. Uh, but let's see. Um, and you know, every Wanderer, every Bolton fan and every staff member can look forward to a positive future at Bolton Wanderers. Neil, in these senior leadership roles, it's, we get our resilience tested quite a bit. It's a, it's, it, it, there's a lot of pressure, things happen out of our control and the rug gets pulled under our 
feet occasionally as well. Um, how do you cope with the pressures of the job? How do you how do you keep strong even when things are going badly? Um, I, th I think I I focus on what's important. So quite often when things go wrong or you have setbacks, it's about thinking: is that really that important, or does that you know, and how does that affect you? I think, and if I if I talk you through when I left the day I left Burnley, which is quite stressing for me, you know, and upsetting, you know, I I delivered eight years of, of fabulous service to the football club and worked incredibly hard and achieved a lot. And um, you know, when I was relieved of my duties on that Monday, I felt upset and distressed and angry, um, and I went home and I I had a quiet evening. And I ate nice food and I went to bed and I had a very good night's sleep and I had a lie the next morning and I woke up again feeling angry and distressed and and, and upset. And then I just thought, right, I'm I'm having some time out now um, and and see what, what comes my way and, and and see what happens. And and actually what's important in life is is your health, is your family, is your friend, is your wife, your husband, your partner your kids you know parents those are the important things in life and yes work is important but it's not more important as, than those other things I've just mentioned no. and yet work is a big part of your life um, but I think when you put things in perspective it allows you to deal with them in a better way I don't think I'd do anything particularly to build resilience or maintain my resilience I like to think that's come from my upbringing and just the way oh. I am um, but I do would I would consider myself a resilient person. When I have day-to-day -day setbacks here in the job or when I was at Burnley, you just you almost just rise above it and, and assess whether actually is it that important, you know, and actually we how do we find a solution to deal with that? Mm. Always doing things always work out well. So you 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 keep you can you're able to keep your emotions out of things a little bit when it comes to dealing with difficult things you could you could always you can have perspective on things by the sound of it yeah. is what you're saying yeah perspective so neil when you're um you talked um just now about 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 your values and your background you, you said about your your values when we were with the group about you know very much coming from home from your parents um and them being big influences on you what, what would how did that all kind of work in for you? Because yeah, we are all products of our background and and and, and our and our and our families. What what is it in your family that really sort of burnished itself on your character? I think well, I'm the eldest of five, so oh, really, uh, yeah. So um, so my mum and dad uh, had me, and I was born in 1980, and then they had two sets of twins, which is very very rare. By the time we got to 1986, and my mum and dad would have been 26, they had five children, five and under. Yeah, that's heavy. Um, yeah, I've got three and that's too many. Yeah, yeah my, my, <laughs> my dad was in the military, so we would travel a lot and work away and he would be on detachment and abroad. And, um, and you know, my mum would look after us. And I think as the eldest, I would naturally have to play a leadership role, I guess, there. Oh. And that, I think, has helped inform who I am today, probably. Um, and, and, and I think just as children, you know, we were not, yes, we were loved and we were cared for, 
But if I think about how I parent now my son, you know, I think children now are, um, uh, I suppose they're wrapped in cotton wool, aren't they? Um, and everything is done for them to a degree. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think we didn't have that then. No. I think that gave us resilience uh, and more opportunity to, to, I guess, more individuality, I guess. Yes. Um, and and made us maybe stronger and 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 and, yeah. and in a strength, I guess. And look, being being in the military, was you, was your dad often away on 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 various assignments and things, or was he mainly with you? No, he was off. Yeah, I mean, he was there a lot, and yeah, of course, did a lot to, to stabilize the family, and he would make sure because we would be posted every three years. So I remember we did, I think, eighty three to eighty seven. We were in Germany in RAF Guttersloh, you mm-hmm. know. Two youngest brothers were actually born in Germany, so on the RAF base there. So, um, and then we came back and we ended up at Finningley, which was near Doncaster. And then he he, he got a position up at Lehman in North Yorkshire, and then he went to Waddington in Lincolnshire. So he would try and manoeuvre his postings around, but he would be he would be around the world on detachments. He would be in Canada, he would be in Italy, you know, he would be at RAF bases on assignments. He would be in the Middle East. So. You know, for those periods, I remember we did four months in the Falklands. You know, obviously the, you know, we have a military base on the Falklands, and he did four months away. Then I always remember that. Uh, you know, I think I was maybe nine or ten years old then, so he'd be gone for four months, and it would be my mum and, and us five in the house, and so that must have been tough on her. Yes. That must have been really tough on her. So um, really hard. Yeah. So, so yeah, but yeah, you know, they were both really great figureheads and and very. And, and great parents and, and brought us all up very well. Yeah, and big influences. Neil, um, we, just to wrap up today, we ask you in the room, you know, what's, what, what's, your, what's your big takeaway point for leaders? We have a lot of young leaders in the club, people that, we are, that are coming up, you know, they want to be chief execs. They, they will be chief execs in, in the future. When you're, when you're educating or, or influencing younger leaders, what are your big messages for them as they, uh, as they prepare for, for, for the, big, the, big, the big job? I think go about your work with truth and honesty. I think whether, whoever you're working with and whatever stakeholders you're, you're talking to and engaging with, whether you're working with shareholders, staff, partners, funders, investors, I think truth and honesty. I think authenticity as well. Be authentic. You know, be real. Don't be fake. Don't be somebody you're not. Mm-hmm. Don't try and be somebody else. Be yourself. Be who you are. Um, I think that that would probably be my takeaway. Forget about strategy. Forget about culture. I think if you get those things right to start with, then mm-hmm. you move on to your, your culture work, your strategy, your business planning. But until you get it right in yourself, mm-hmm. um, I think it's difficult to do the other thing. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Neil. Well, We've come to the end. Uh, Neil Hart, um, Chief Executive of Bolt Wanderers, my, my own club. Um, it's been a real delight and pleasure having you with us on Social Club today. And as, as a white supporter, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to, uh, to, have, to have this uh, opportunity as well. And, um, and we're, you know, we're really, really uh, pleased to have you uh, with us as well on this, uh, on this remarkable journey we're on at the moment. So thank you, Neil. And, um, and we'll, um, we'll look forward to maybe having you back again one day. That'd be fantastic. When we're in the Premier League, maybe. Yeah, great, maybe. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> cheers, right. Neil. Thank you. Thank you Take care. Yeah, bye bye.